Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You're listening to Griefcast with me, Carrie Adloyd. How do we grieve for someone? How does it change and evolve as we get older? My dad died when I was 15 and it took me many, many years to be able to express what I had gone through. So I decided to create Griefcast, a chance to talk, share and laugh about the weirdness of grief and death. But with comedians, so it's not that depressing, I promise. Each time I talk to a different comedian about their own personal experience of grief as we remember someone that they have lost along the way. Whether it was a long time ago or you've just joined the club, this is a chance to talk about the peculiar human process of death. Welcome to Griefcast. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. Hey Griefsters, I hope you're having an okay week and that the festive times aren't getting to you. Um, This week is a very special episode. It is another live episode recorded at the Dulwich Picture Gallery in London. If you haven't been there, it's a very, very beautiful gallery. And they were having an exhibition of an artist called Ribera. Ribera is famous for his violent paintings and drawings which uh, depict people being flayed. Yeah, it was pretty uh, heavy stuff, and so they wanted to put on an equally uh, heavy topic like death, but making it a bit more fun. So we came down and we did a live episode for them. I was joined by the incredibly brilliant team of Steen Raskopoulos, who is an amazing Australian comedian and improviser, award-winning, just great guy, guys. Uh, Stevie Martin, who is another brilliant, brilliant comedian, and also she hosts the excellent Nobody Panic podcast, and the incredible Sophie Duker from Channel 4's Riot Girls as well. And we just pitched up at the gallery to a sold-out audience, thank you for joining us, and did our usual, chatting about death and grief and trying to make it as honest and cheery as it can be. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Griefcast Live at Dulwich Picture Gallery. Um, firstly, thank you so much for coming here. It's an amazing building, but it is not easy to find. 
And if anyone came from West Dulwich and did what myself and another guest did and walked through the, the dark garden entrance, did anyone else do that? It's fine, right? It's half five. It's fine. Someone could kill me here. Someone could kill me. No one would know. They'd think it was an art installation. Um, I'm very excited um, to introduce the guests to you. They are just oh, absolutely brilliant. So, so exciting. Um, our first guest has been nominated for a variety of huge comedy awards in the UK and Australia. He's an amazing improviser. We are so lucky to have him here. It is Steve Muscopolis, everybody. Hey, Steve. Can I sit down? Or do you, mean... you sit down. Okay. Our next guest is a star of Channel 4's Riot Girls. It's an amazing, very cool comedy show. Uh, she's written for a variety of BBC shows, including The Now Show and The News Quiz. She is the amazing stand-up and improviser, Sophie Duca, everybody. <laughs> Hello. It's not that I'm saying everyone else dressed under, but Sophie looks amazing. So <laughs> that's just, that's all I can, sorry. I'm, is that bad? Am I objectifying you? I, th I just thought I heard it was a kinky exhibition. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, yeah. Sophie did look round the Ribera and is still recovering. <laughs> did people look round the Ribera? Are you sad? Yeah. <laughs> so it's not us that's going to make you sad tonight, it's the Ribera. Um, and our final guest is an incredible uh, writer and actor and performer and improviser, actually. She's the host of the Nobody Panic podcast, and she's also one of make. She's also a member of the... I was going to say triumvirate, that's not the word. She's a member of the sketch group with three people in, and it panicked me, I'm dyslexic, sorry. Uh, please put your hands together for Stevie Martin, everybody. Hi, gang. Thanks for being here. Hi. This is very exciting. Um, Sophie, you, so we are here because uh, there is an exhibition, the Ribera exhibition. Oh, God, what's it called? Something violent. And um, Sophie is the only one who went to see it. The rest of us were all kind of too afraid to go. Sophie, what was your favourite part? Oh, um, <laughs> I like the flame. There was a bit where, um, oh, was Apollo? It's flaying. Has anyone seen it? Has anyone so been too guys, scared? These guys it's like a haunted in. house. Where Apollo's like flaying a satyr. With his hands? Oh. With his but hands? I, but I thought flaying was kind of like... I don't know what I'm doing. Sophie's doing a whipping I'm motion. I'm doing a whip. Podcast <laughs> business. Uh, but he's like flaying. He's just sort of peeling. What is if his like, hands are made of like nails? What? Yeah, and he's like his face, nice. though. His face is just like the face of a psychopath. He's just smiling serenely like... Oh. <laughs> and there's like blood gushing from this satyr's legs. Oh. Satyr's like a little goat man. Oh. Like a man with goat legs, not What's just a goatee man. What's the difference between satyr and a fawn? Anyone? <laughs> Alan Ladd. <laughs> no, not ours, the answer to everything. Okay, well, I just wondered if it... So, no? Okay, it's fine. None of us know, that's fine. <laughs> I'm so proud of you all for not being so middle class that you thought, oh, I'll say something, but it's, there's too many of us, isn't there? Because if you were just in a small group, you'd have gone, oh, I think it's something to do with the legs. But you knew that if you said something, I was going to be like, tell me exactly. So anyway, he's, he's yeah. a psychopath. Well, those who missed it, this is, this is the joy. <laughs> It's a good time. It's a good time. Um, so obviously, we're not just here to talk about flaying. I know you all want us to. Um, we are also going to talk about um, death. Stevie, how do you feel about death in general? Are you someone who worries about it all the time? Are you chill? Oh, I think I feel quite badly about it. Oh, quite, um, no one's that Surprisingly. Keen. No, I feel like... I feel I think I'm quite worried about it. That's sure. my main vibe. Because nobody very close to me... I mean, I've had grandparents die and I was close to them. 
but no, no, none of my immediate family have died. I've not experienced death, I think, full on in the face. I've not met yep. him yet. Yeah. So I feel that, yeah, it, it kind of takes quite a lot of my time. You've had your about starter it. of grandparents. I've had, yeah, and also a pair of teeth of a dog. Oh, so, classic. Yeah. That's lovely. You're, you're lightly prepped. Mm. <laughs> but not really. No sort of main course. <laughs> I love it when I do meet people. It's like, well, my grandparents, you know, I was quite sad, but I feel like I'll be okay when my parents are going. You're like, <laughs> no, <laughs> you won't. It's so no. different. But you are lightly prepped, which is good. So, but do yes. you, are you someone who like worries a lot about it? Or you it's, just, it's something that will like pop up around sort of like four in the morning when I oh, haven't nice. been able to sleep. And I'll yeah. be like, oh, no, I don't know, like I should do this tomorrow. And I'm a bit stressed about that thing I said to my friend seven years ago. And also death. And then I'll be really <laughs> like, and then, but then I never want to share it with anybody because when my boyfriend's like, oh, why were you up last night? I don't, I don't want to be like, I was thinking about death. Like you want, you want to be like, oh, you know, just got a lot on. Like that's the more sort of, you know. Please text me when that happens. I'm the person. I'm the person who'd be like, sure, tell me what was happening. Tell me everything. There's only so much you can say, though, isn't there? Which is, I'm frightened of it, and it must happen. (laughs) Um, And but but what's uh, quite comforting to me is I know some people who have gone through it, and talking to them is really well. Also, listening to your podcast as well, I I really have. I've listened to quite a few because I think it's it's amazing to know that you can come through it and 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 be be okay. That's that's true. When you've only had your starter, I think people panic, and I think. Oh, I'll, I'll, never, main I'll, never, shit. I'll never eat that main course. You're like, you will. You will chow down. <laughs> and you'll have a pudding and it'll be fine. Um, Steen, do you think about death a lot? I think about dying more than death. Oh, so the, how you're going to die? Yeah, okay. and it's most like disappointing. <laughs> so, like, uh, so you're I already hope, disappointed by your own death that hasn't well, like, happened? I keep, I keep playing it out as if like, I would really love to like just drive a Ferrari into a wall or something like, really, <laughs> really cool like that. But I just keep Why thinking... Why is that cool? How is that a cool death? There's no way to go. Like a tall boy dies in a Ferrari. Like it's, <laughs> it's cool. But I don't you think everyone would think, what an idiot? Why did he do that? Oh <laughs> no! <laughs> I wouldn't think that's a cool way to go. But like I, don't, I just. Sorry, I've really, yeah, I've really crushed my dreams. Straight away. This has been 31 years in the making of how I'm, I'm going to so die. Sorry. And they just but maybe, it. maybe your friends would think that's cool. Like yeah, maybe maybe. That I'm just judging. That's not fair. I, I just hate to, like, you know. Get you don't st- want to go boringly. Yes, or okay. get stuck in a lift with someone for a plumber. It's like, oh, this. I have to die with this guy <laughs> or this girl. I think that'd suck. What are you imagining, this guy? The other guy in the lift. Why, why is it so bad? Oh, just I think he just. He's. Oh, yeah. Or they're just. It's just your enemy. <laughs> Then you'd kind of, oh, if it was your enemy, you'd probably be happy that they'd be dying at the same time. Yeah. I think that's, but then I'd be like, oh my God, did you hear Steen was in a lift with his enemy? Yeah, I know. He has an enemy. (laughs) And then the lift plummeted. I think that's going to get more tweets than the, like, drove into a Ferrari. What a way to go, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so you're just, but you're just, you don't want to go boringly, that's basically. I think so, but I think... Everyone's, you know, everyone's gonna, everyone's gonna die. I used to panic when I was a kid. I used, to, I used to get really stressed about dying in terms of like, oh, what happens if I die now? Then I won't like get to grow up or have an 18th birthday party or, or learn to drive uh, or go to high school. And then that kind of subsided the older I got. As you did those things. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I'm cool. I've done them. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good now. <laughs> I graduated yeah, yeah. high school. I'm all good. Yeah. Um, Sophie, do you worry about death? Um, I think a lot about my grandparents dying. Okay. I've got three out four. Still. Still. How old are you? I you don't want me asking. Um, 28. Oh, that's good, don't look it. it. Yeah, yeah, that's Thank good. Three what, out of four. What, what do I look like? <laughs> Carried your asking? <laughs> um, Three out of four is not bad. I hate to say in this room, because I know I've got lots of people in the club, they're like, oh my God, take, take one of her grandparents as mine. 
Is that what happens? This is me. What, is, what happened? Oh, did I take one of my grandparents? Like they're looking at you jealously when you've got three out of four. Oh. Is that just me? I've only got one out of four. No, nodding. Yeah, come on, admit it. Everyone's yeah. like, my, she's um, got three. That's amazing. Oh, no. I don't. I've got two out of four. Oh, you got two out of four? Got you only just remembered. Oh. More in the club um, than you realised. <laughs> I've got two out. It's both the women. Both women are still alive. Okay. Don't feel bad. It's fine. It's easy. It's fine. It's Sorry, I can't believe I said three. When <laughs> still was it re- was it recent? No, no, no. It wasn't recent. Um, I just know there was one. The, one of my grandfather's dying was more significant for me because I thought that I killed him. Um, okay, we need to go into that. <laughs> what um, happened? I was I was like quite I was quite young. Uh, and I was quite curious and uh, I was sitting there I'm still very like ashamed about this I'm like maybe I did kill him I didn't kill him um, I was sitting next to him at, uh, at dinner and I noticed that if you're old or if you've ever seen an old person they've got quite interesting hands because they're quite textured and I thought that what I would do was take my fork and like puncture his hand but like not out of any map not to hurt him oh god just because <laughs> This is a safe space. Oh, I can feel I just, judgment. I didn't, I didn't, Stop I didn't, judging I didn't do it to hurt him. I just thought I would, I'd like, I just was like, what would happen if I just put my fork into his hand? Um, if, the, if the police are listening, we need to find <laughs> that fork. We need to find um, that. What happens is my parents got very cross with me. Uh, and then my um, dad took me out of the room and pretended to spank me. Um, but he didn't actually spank me. He was like, I'll spank the wall. And you just yell as if you're being spanked. <laughs> this is very complicated, isn't it? So I was like, ow! And like, yeah. And anyway, I wasn't really in trouble and I didn't kill him. But then he died quite shortly afterwards. And I thought uh, that I'd killed him. So uh, it was quite, I, yeah, I remember that. How young were you then? How old were you? I must have been... Like four? Oh, no. Yeah. Now we feel bad. Four years old and a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> but that's uh, so sweet because that is the kind of thing that kids do. They just link. They go, well, that happened. Now that happened. Yeah. And did they talk to you about his death particularly? Oh, no. I mean, I yeah. went to his funeral. Oh, you did? Yeah. He had um, like what, an, what did he die of? No. Was it just old oh, age? I think, I don't know exactly what he died of. Um, murder. Uh, he died of a murder of a puncture wound in his left hand um i think he was just i think he had various things i think he kept going in and out of the hospital it was quite a hazy um part of my life it was when i was living in ghana and he was in ghana and the adults didn't really speak to uh the children especially when they were guilty of murder Um, so i don't know exactly what he died of um, so you, the funeral was in Ghana? It was in Ghana. So what is a Ghanaian funeral? It's a party. It's a party? <laughs> oh, uh, nice. No, it's, it's sad, but it's a kind of very, like, at least my, my grandfather's one, it, like, church there always takes quite a long time. Like, it's always, like, three hours, and there's a lot of talking and meeting people. But this was, like, a very... It was a kind of very social event. Everyone went and looked at him, and then there was probably... Was he in a coffin? Got, he was in a coffin. Right. And he was just kind of lying there i mean that's to be expected he's <laughs> just, just sitting there did you did you I tuck was, his hand in just, just like don't tuck it down don't anyone check it um, i just I, I, I don't know i just remember thinking like oh i'm gonna look and he just looked sort of um yeah just sort of strange and like strained in the casket and then i was probably like went and had a yogurt I'd, but I, I did remember it because i did think that i'd killed him but i was just like that's part of your life now you've got to get on <laughs> Get on with school. That's um, good. That's very practical. Yeah. You just thought, well, I'll move through this. Yeah. Yeah. So was the funeral like three hours long? 
Uh, I mean, probably longer, because there's got to be like an... I don't think it's called an after-party, but there's got to be... <laughs> like, you've got to have... Like, in Ga- well, the thing I like about Ghana is that my, my grandma, who's, who is still alive, she goes to lots of functions, and a lot of them are funerals, and you'll get yeah. lots and lots of food, there'll be music, there'll be dancing. Like, if you can't get to sleep, it could be a wedding that's going on next door, or it could be a funeral. Wow. So that's quite nice that people are so community-minded yeah, around yeah. a death as well as around happy things that happen. But, um, yeah. Yeah, that sounds yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um, Stevie, do you, do you have any plans for how you want to go? Um, you can't choose Ferrari, that's the No, I won't, yeah. You, <laughs> Ferrari is gone, since, as is fork murder. <laughs> okay. Since they've gone, it's difficult. Um, well, my, my parents had quite a nice nice but also like okay sort of vibe which was that they they've decided that this is they go to the lake district a lot Mm -hmm. and there's this cave um that they once visited and they've said that rather than get old and sort of you know they wanted to go into the cave and (laughs) shoot each other in the head (laughs) and i'm and in just told to me, told to me when we went from, to my mum's sixtieth last weekend, and we were all in Cumbria, and, and like mum went, "That's the cave," and I went, "Oh!" And then me and Jim were like, "What's the cave?" And they were like, "Told, told me." And it, but in such like a really excited, enthusiastic terms, like you won't have to pay for the, you know a care home. And I was like, "What if one of you misses? <laughs> I'm gonna have to go, and it's really far away. You gotta go to Penrith and then get like a bus, and then I'm gonna have to like stand outside this cave in case one of them does. Oh, this is just too much." Also, where are you going to get gone? It's, it's quite, it's bizarrely, I find that bizarrely romantic because obviously I have a slightly nice, twisted yeah. sense. Christine just looked at me like, why are you laughing, Carrie? And I was like, I do grief cast. Oh, like, yeah. of course I find that <laughs> romantic. But I do think they're not thinking practically. Like you not said. Not at all, no. Because they're not thinking about what have you missed? Are they going to do it at the same time? Even just purchasing well, a gun, right? Like, where, where do you yeah, purchase, where do you a, purchase gun? a gun? Well, my mum said that she could. <laughs> she thought it through. Good. Oh, yeah. Well, we all sort of sat around the table and discussed the logistics of it. We were like, well, America's quite gun, you know, you can yeah. get guns in there. So, so they were like, well, one time, my mum's um, diabetic and she's got this, like, machine on her that beeps all the time. So it does look quite suspect when you're going through airports. Oh, yeah. Obviously, like, she doesn't look like a natural, you know, a sort of terrorist, but, like, it does look, it starts beeping. And no, no one asks about it, which wow. is really weird because you're like, you should just be like, and what's that mechanical yeah. beeping thing on you? Um, and then, Strapped and to your m- body. Yeah, so mum's convinced that if she, well, she just shoves a gun up her ass, <laughs> she'll be fine. <laughs> no one's gonna. Or no, she actually said put it between her boobs, which are quite, you know, good. So, so. she's gonna go to America to buy the gun? Yeah, go to America and then put it gun. in her boobs. We've all got questions. We've all got questions. So dad probably shoves it up his ass and then (laughs) they go straight to the Lake District. I'm there. Or Gina, my sister. We can, I don't know, pull straws for that. (laughs) And then, yeah, and then they shoot each other. I guess at the same time, but then, yeah, if they miss, then I don't know what. Because I'm going to have to shoot them. Yeah. Yeah, if (laughs) if one of them misses, is it then... See, they need to think about this. They need to get a sign. I would want... Like, say your mum misses, it's your job to finish the job. Oh, if your God. dad misses, it's your sister's. You've got to think about this. You don't want to be, like, half, half dead yeah. in the cave. <laughs> Steve can't believe it. I've just suddenly really, like, drilled down into the details of me going in and having to do that. <laughs> what I'm hoping is they'll, they'll, they'll not do that. That's, what yeah. <laughs> That's my main hope, yeah. Also, I think they're not thinking that when you do get to that age, where you think, okay, now we're ready... You're going to be up for going to America to get a gun. Exactly. You're tired. You're exactly. old. Exactly. You might not yeah. want to get the train to Penrith. Yeah. It's a pain. It's a pain. It's Transport a pain. wise. <laughs> so that's, 
that's how your parents want, but how do you want to go? Sorry, yeah, I just <laughs> deflected because I'm living. Um, not that, I think. Not that's, that. My, my, I can cut that out. Um, I don't know. I think I've always been sort of very... I feel like I'm, I'm going to go before I'm old okay. and I will like fall off something like I'll fall off a br- like I'll do something ridiculous like I'll fall off a bridge into the Thames or, so, or like or just step backwards off a manhole down um. basically what Steam was saying he doesn't want to happen yeah. I will die in a way that's like oh that's, <laughs> that's not what I thought like I thought it'd be something a bit more you know fun like, but, it sounds fun it sounds yeah. like a fun way yeah, I think I'm quite, I'm quite, I don't really like hospitals and stuff, so maybe I'd prefer just to fall down a manhole, because then no one would have to worry about that. I'd just well, go straight to you the are place. your parents' daughter. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're thinking, just somewhere in a cave, dark, yes. wet, yes. you've chosen a manhole, they've chosen a natural cave. But I can see all of the Martins are thinking, <laughs> I'm just going to remove myself from society and just fall down that makes sense it makes sense um steen have you thought about your funeral at all like any thoughts is there any particular i'm I'm not i'm not very religious Mm -hmm. so um i think i just want like a lot of friends i guess to be there um no family no family whatsoever (laughs) (laughs) no separate separate um but I'd still want to do something like quite, quite fun to kind of like break the tension, I think. Sure, yeah, yeah. So although I'm not religious, I'd like to hand out like hymn sheets mm-hmm. to everyone. But on the hymn sheet is like different lyrics. <laughs> so that when everyone starts singing the song, everyone's singing differently. Oh. And everyone's like looking around and like, why is everyone singing differently? And then like, oh, he's still here. Oh, no. um, That's quite a nice idea. Yeah. What, would you play a completely different tune or does one person match the tune? Yeah, I think it's like all the, like it's one, like get one the tune. the best singer should be given the best, like the one that has the right words. Oh, yeah, true. And then everyone's like, this is wrong, but they just tune in to like, oh my God, it was that angel singing. And then they would maybe laugh and cry. That's powerful. That's, that's powerful. A, that's an Edinburgh show. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good Edinburgh yeah. ending. You do what you want, a bit of both. Yeah, yeah um, are you thinking, well, what, what tunes are you thinking? Just straight bangers. Um, <laughs> just straight bangers. No, I, I, I think like something like Luther Vandross, like a bit of soul kind of... Kind of what Luther Vandross? Um, I can't think of any of his songs. Uh, never, never Too Much? Never Too Much, Never Too Much. Yeah, I think that like... Get, I think that'll, that'll get... No, is that like... A, that's a good upbeat kind of thing. And yeah. then, so I think it's like pretty upbeat, like, oh, this is like... Do it'll be sad, but everyone will be happy to sing it. And then like they start singing, all the lyrics are different. So like, what's going on? And But everyone will be moving. I think it'll be, pow- I think it'll be powerful. <laughs> Yeah, that's, I think that would be powerful. Yeah. That would be, a, yeah, that's not bad. I'm just trying to think, I think it's got quite a large instrumental break. Good, dance break. Everyone loves <laughs> a dance break. Everyone loves a dance break. It could be dance break, but then I guess it could also be like thought break. You could be like oh, in wow. this bit, like we can remember Steen and dance. Wow. Yeah. You've got to think about these things. Uh, do you want to be my wi- uh, f- funeral planner? <laughs> yeah, I think I'm pretty good at it, yeah. actually, having done this show quite a bit. Yeah. And yeah. depending on how I go, I think my coffin will be a Ferrari bed. <laughs> <laughs> but like soft top. So like once... Like it'd, like it'd come over the top so once I'm getting buried so it looks like a Ferrari the whole coffin looks like you know a like the Ferrari beds you know like the car beds oh, yeah yes, the car beds, and it's a soft yeah. top so everyone like it's an open casket but okay. when I'm ready to then they they close it up <laughs> and then my mum and dad will wind up the windows if they're still <laughs> it's very important that they do it yeah but they'll have to wind them up from the inside <laughs> I, I really haven't thought this through <laughs> But, you st- but then if you don't die by the Ferrari death, yeah. does the Ferrari bed become a bit like... Everyone's like, why is he in a Ferrari? 
Like if you do yeah. fall off. But still stealing attention. Though. Like he's still like, oh, he's still, even when he's dead, he's still got it. <laughs> he's still <laughs> Sophie, any, any thoughts on your funeral? Would you have a Ghanaian style or um, three hours? Three hours? I think it would be long. Um, <laughs> I'd really want people to, I'd, I wouldn't want like a sort of in and out like do it on your way to like the shops or something um i'd want people to like go like for an all all nighter all day or whatever um <laughs> i think an all day a funeral yeah oh wow d- yeah and i think there'd be like different sections of it because i don't see the point in planning my funeral unless i can assume that i can be there for it sure. like i can watch it so i think a lot of things would be for my benefit <laughs> uh, uh so i think what's the only people well the not the only people, but the people that I really care about how they would react at my funeral are all my exes. <laughs> um, if they turn up. If they turn up. Um, I, I might, like, I think people, like, write their wills before they die. Yeah, it's, it's recommended you write them before yeah. you die. Um, I want to write... You can, you can try and do the old Ouija board, but it takes ages. <laughs> T-H-E, yeah, yes. slow. I would do like invites to my exes. I might do it tonight after the sh- <laughs> um, invites to my funeral for all of my exes, and then I'd have a sort of kiss cam, or like like at the Oscars when it's like, like just so you could see all their reactions when people said nice things about me. Oh. So hang on, so they the oh, so you want it so as soon as they get the invite. Yeah. Oh no, no, not when not when they get. It's not like surprise. But like they, they would they would all come. I think they would all come. So they would come to the funeral, and then you, they get given an envelope. And they're like, this is from Sophie. Who's my favourite? No, 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 no. no. And I'd, I'd invite them to the funeral and then they'd be there, but everyone could witness. I see. Like, you know, like when someone wins an award and all the other people are like, oh, like I just like see what they were feeling when other people said nice things and about And is me. this being projected above It's being coffin? projected, yeah. It's right. being projected above my coffin. <laughs> yeah, 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 okay, so yeah. that, you're going to need to talk to your camera people and you'll be like, these are the ones to focus on. And yeah. then all your, yeah, friends, yeah. your friends would be like, oh my God, he loved her. I know, he's really crying. He's st- I think he's still into her. Yeah, that would be... Even him. now. No. <laughs> <laughs> what about music? Have you got any thoughts on music? I um, have a very embarrassing iTunes playlist because <laughs> um, I haven't really updated it since about 2005. And I really love a lot of the songs on there, but it's quite eclectic. So it'll be like the songs from the musical Bugsy Malone. <laughs> we can yeah, bring yeah, anything yes. that we want. It's so great. good. And then uh, Grime. Uh, so um, I just have it on shuffle and it would just play the real me. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Yeah. That could be really... Whew. You know, like, I'm just thinking that if I did that, like, there's a lot of... That is the real you, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Like, yeah. there's all the, the stuff that people think you listen to and then the stuff you listen to. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, I have on Shuffle, I don't even have this, because we're all comedians, we often record gigs or record oh. shows. Oh, man. And often when I've been listening to my... Like, sometimes, no. like, an Edinburgh show for 2012 starts, and it's like, welcome to the stage, carry out live! Oh, 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 Can you imagine... Like, if you're listening, everyone oh, on stage no. is in physical pain. <laughs> what if it, and also, you know what it's like? We off, we record all gigs yeah. because sometimes you listen back to them to check. So I have like the worst gigs and the best gigs. But imagine if the worst, like hearing your material to silence and all your friends going, I never really liked that character. <laughs> Everyone's in pain. Sophie, are you okay? Yeah. I feel like no, that's I worse think... than your death. 
Worse than planning your funeral is the idea of someone listening to a bad. Oh, it is so bad. Oh, no. I think if I die, I'm going to have to get someone to delete all my gigs off my iTunes. Yeah. But um, maybe just as I go into the ground, <laughs> as the church floor opens up and I go into the ground, just like the sound of applause. Oh, <laughs> just nice. Like yeah. I actually, when I was doing my... Um, exams in university I actually had the sound of applause narcissist um, <laughs> to get me through so that is actually on my iTunes so that could just so when were you listening to it when you were studying yeah sort of like why <laughs> why do I do this job um, you had constant applause was that not no it's like it's like 30 seconds of applause oh right god I was like Sophie's revised. Sophie went to a good university so she had to do lots of studying I'm imagining you like five hours of classing <laughs> I was like, I don't, know. I don't know if she's okay. No, just like mix it into a playlist. Oh, that's, nice. like, yeah. that's a really nice idea. So yeah. like every now and again, yeah. someone just like, yeah, that's a lovely idea. We can all take that idea into our day. You don't have to be a narcissist performer. <laughs> I'm taking it because I am also a narcissist performer. That's nice. I really like that. Yeah. So as the coffin goes in. So you're thinking church. Would you have a church? Yeah. All... Yeah. Churches oh, are nice. Yeah, you don't church. always have to believe in it and they do look lovely. Yeah. You know. Yeah, because yeah, totally yeah fabric's probably booked, so a church. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I think I would have a church. I think most of the people that would care about me dying would want it to be in a church. That's so. fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Um, Stevie, are you having a church? Are you having not? I, was just, I didn't realise you, you, you could have not a church. Oh, Stevie, bless. Uh, <laughs> I saw literally this week. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I've not, because I've only gone to funerals of people who are of a certain generation yeah. even then certainly one of my grandparents it wasn't really religious which is quite unusual I suppose for the time mm. and his age but it didn't feel like him at all and so I didn't yeah. I kind of that was the first one I went to and I was closest I think probably out of everyone I mean hopefully no one's listening <laughs> probably they're not listening but um, the, I was closest to my granddad who died first I was quite young, but I remember really being like, it kind of put me off churches in t- in just because I was like, it doesn't feel like him. And I don't really know anyone who's particularly religious. Can be really fun, I'm, I'm imagining. But then I guess like when it happens, you have so little time, or I've seen my parents having to organise it. When you, that is the time when you don't want to be doing any admin. Like you don't want to be organising something. So I guess it's just the easiest, sometimes yeah. it's the easiest option. But I didn't know you could. So I guess in like a forest, it'd be nice. <laughs> Um, weather I, dependent yeah I don't know you might be able to have there are rules you can't just right. bury, you, okay. yeah, someone's okay. nodding at me like you can't just bury your dead anyway <laughs> okay. I love the high street and outside <laughs> outside um, and other stories seem like a fitting tribute <laughs> I spent so much time there um, but you can have memorial services definitely for us. I yes. don't know actually I think I'd like to be already cremated <laughs> yes so you can definitely do that yeah. because I think then no one has to be like oh god the cough like I don't know it's yeah. just like I could, I could have like a little fun sort of urn and then maybe decorate it with like like I don't know a pair of glasses because I sometimes wear glasses or like <laughs> a little know, blonde wig a little wig yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it can be like and then I can sort of have some fun at the funeral and people can like have oh my god I can have a selfie booth <laughs> 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 with me like <laughs> that would be fun yeah I, I mean none of this will actually happen I'm sure but that that is nice to have a plan that's it? a nice idea though that you're in the urn it's got a little blonde wig and glasses yeah. and a smiley face and then you can pass that round no, a sad face because I'm sad I'm dead oh sorry yeah, sorry <laughs> sorry yeah I didn't I thought you were clear. trying to sort of make everyone feel cheery <laughs> no no no, 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 no. Yeah, no of course yeah but isn't it a selfie booth like you could change the smiles oh, change yes, the yes yes 
glasses moustache like yeah, yeah yeah change the put little hats on have you fun yeah I think that would be strangely it depends how old you are when you die that's the thing <laughs> I've noticed with funerals yes. like okay. if you are like 90 this is hilarious <laughs> this is so much fun yeah if, if it's, it's now if, if it's now it's quite tragic if you fall yeah. off this stage yeah, now we, yeah. have, we have to immediately do that <laughs> yes, here as Quick, well I want it here get the urn and the selfie boom yeah but I think that's a nice idea thank you um uh, Steve, do you have any things that you like, like print, like objects you want to leave to people? Have you thought about oh. like that sort of thing? I don't know. I haven't really thought about that. That's I've been, I've been arrogantly confident that I'll, I'll survive for the next little while. <laughs> um, yeah, but you might do. Have you ever been given anything? One of the, I, I got given like a, a signed Donald Bradman bat by my parents, um, and that was like they woke up. Hor- sorry, who? Donald. <laughs> I know, someone laughed like they know. What did you say? Sir, Sir Donald Bradman, um, he's arguably the greatest cricketer of all time. Average of course, 99.94. And I was and upset you didn't use his <coughs> official title. My apologies. <laughs> of Sir. Uh, his portrait is just... just no, <laughs> uh, Who is that? The first bat he ever had. Um, That's St. Jude. Yeah. That's a different... If you can't see the back, he's just like a, a naked shepherd. Um, <laughs> uh, it's like, is his name? Batman? No, Bradman. 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 Yeah. After a brilliant moment, I thought it was his name was Batman, and he was, yeah. he was and he was a cricketer. It wasn't even the Batman thing. So Donald Bradman. Donald a Bradman. Bat. Yeah, wow. and he, so he he passed away like 15, 20 years ago, oh, wow. I think. I think, or maybe a bit bit less than that. But I remember waking up and my parents were like, "Hey, we we got you something," and I was like, "What's going on?" And they they showed it to me. I was I was um, I used to play cricket when I was younger. Uh, I actually played cricket at Dulwich College when I was 15. Um, I came here and played cricket. Um, so it was like really weird to come back into this specific Did place. Did you lose? Was it traumatic? It's, it's not the point. The, the, result, <laughs> the result of the game. Um, big was it? <laughs> they Somebody drew. was at that match. That's what it felt like. <laughs> I remember you. <laughs> you lost, Dean. Um, yeah. Also, oh, then would you like to leave that to somebody? Or? I, I think so. Like, that was my most like as a as a child. I, I couldn't believe my parents bought me a signed Donald Bradman bat. Yeah. And then later on, like five years later or six years later, like my 18th or 19th birthday, I was like, man, I still have this thing. It's so great. You guys got this present. Like you'll never be able to top it. And I remember mum going, oh, that. Oh, dad just got drunk at an auction and bought it. And I was like, oh. <laughs> It wasn't even like a sentimental, like, <laughs> Sting loves cricket. Like, this would mean the world, like that kind of thing. Yeah. It's like, your know, dad got pissed and, and bought it. Sometimes when you're drunk, you do things that are meaningful, that yeah. meaning too. Mm. But yeah, maybe you should think about who to leave that to. <coughs> is there, is there I might donate it to the gallery. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, they, I think they would take it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Sophie, anything you want to pass on? Or even maybe, like, words of wisdom. Do you want people to be like, I remember, what do you want people to remember you for? Well, I... I don't think I have many objects that anyone would want. <laughs> Maybe these dungarees. Yeah, um, we want the dungarees. But I think I would um, bequeath uh, my jokes. Ooh. Because I don't want my jokes to die with me. Uh, <laughs> 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 Why am I coming across as such a narcissist? Um, I think because I could have some fun, I'd uh, leave my jokes to a comedian that would find it really difficult to perform them. Um, <laughs> Like my friend Ivo Graham, who is a white man, um, so he just had to do lots of. Uh, oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, jokes about being like a bisexual black woman and people being like, "What is going on?" <laughs> and every gig is like, "That is very offensive, Ivo." And, and Ivo is a very nice man, so that would be. He'd be like, "She wanted me to perform them, so I will." <laughs> yeah, he might feel pressure if you wrote that in your will. 
you might feel that pressure. Yeah. If this is legally binding, if this is yeah, this yeah, is legally yeah, yeah, okay, sure. cool. This, this is definitely <laughs> leave all my jokes to Ivo Graham. I remember watching a documentary about Joan Rivers. I can't remember what, but that she had like a joke filing system. Did you see this? So she had them written down like old school. Oh, like those cards you used to revise on if you're over 30. Um, yeah, someone's, some people are nodding. Those like... Palm cards? What? Palm, palm cards? Pa- palm cards? What? <laughs> oh, was like, wait, that was so offensive. It was uh, so unnecessary. It was me trying to process what you said. Genuinely. Sorry. <laughs> that was my brain being like, is that what he said? Yeah. What did we call them? Just... What, like, like um, cue cards? Yeah, yeah, but they were like lined and from W.H. Smith and they had like oh. a pink line at palm the top. Palm cards? <laughs> what are you I think... No cards, cue cards. Do you mean like when you used to write like, like index yeah, index cards, cards, cards? I think is the official index WH Smith name. Right. But they probably were called They're palm cards. cards, but we didn't call them that here. So you can be upset about that. But we'll, oh, we'll, I will. I will write a complaint. Don't you <laughs> <laughs> I am not getting the cricket bat. Put it that way. Anyway, <laughs> such a tangent. The palm palm cards. I just called them palm cards. <laughs> the index cards. And you remember you had an index box, like those plastic box with the flip lid, and that was like when you were revising. You're like a palm oh. box. <laughs> <laughs> They've got some great ideas. They've got some great ideas. And Joan Rivers had all her, literally all the jokes, like like the joke one joke written per card, and she had like a room like a fine like but not filing cabinets like index size, so like you pull out like like card size oh. and she could go through she's like ah this one's from 1965 well why does my husband do that he's fat and this one <laughs> and she said like I can't remember what happened with it but they were like this is obviously like a massive resource and like, when she died they were having I think her daughter got them but they were, they were going to like give them to someone but she had literally like one like hundreds of one liners so I couldn't do that I've just got some characters that probably only I can improvise <laughs> <laughs> nobody wants that yeah, Stevie, you look like you're about no, to. No, 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 I was going to say, you'd imagine that it'll just come out as a book or something, surely. Yeah, that's like true. It'll be a great book, like a really funny book. Oh, it would be amazing. And also, Beyonce has like an air-controlled, temperature-controlled vault of every single cutting that she's ever been involved in or been pictured in since what? she started. What? Yeah. What, like, just literally, like, Beyonce's visiting... Houston today. Yeah, a, a picture of her or whatever. It's all cut out. It's all in filing cabinets, and she has a staff. This is not me like making it up. It was in a GQ article. Something <laughs> disappeared because she is. Uh, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. What do you think will happen? Oh, don't get upset when I say this, but when Beyonce goes, don't, but we need to don't, prepare. We need to don't. prepare. I really, bum- I just brought the mood down better than anything. I didn't think that was gonna. I didn't think I was gonna say that. And then I've just said it, and it's really bummed everyone out. She won't die. That's why it's bummed yeah, everyone true. out. that's true. She won't yeah. die. She'll live forever. Sure. She's not in the club. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I ever think. It's like, like when Aretha went, oh. It, yeah, it was, wasn't it? But at least she was old. She was old. That's how I felt. No? <laughs> but I didn't, it wasn't like the Amy Winehouse situation, when you're like, oh, that's horrible. It's horrible. What's the one that's got you? You know, we've had lots of famous people recently. Is there one that's like, got you? Alan Rickman really Oh, made me sad. Rickman. That really made me sad. Oh, it was so sad. I don't know him, so I don't know. You know, it's very interesting when a celebrity dies because you, you don't. I don't know why I was so, like, no. upset. I've never met him. Like, it's not like I'm like, oh, Alan. <laughs> but and I'm thinking about. I'm probably thinking about Snape. Yeah. yeah. And being like, he died for a good cause. But again, that's not Alan. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Sophie was the one that got you. Um, I was Amy Winehouse. Oh, Winehouse. Yeah. yeah. Just because. 
Chips are great. I don't know. It's just like about uh, yeah, being from like North London, and there's like a great picture of her at High Barnet, and she's got a High Barnet, and she's like, uh, <laughs> I'm here to get better. Um, Can I say, as someone who grew up in High Barnet, yeah. when that joke started happening, we were over the moon. <laughs> we were over. The, we were like, oh my god, because people knew something. Like, yeah, people have suddenly, heard of us. Yeah, they're like, oh, High Barnet. Yeah, it was yeah. amazing. It was wonderful. Winehouse, and where the Artful Dodger. You know this. Sure, babe. We're, we're from yeah. the same, same, same. Where Oliver Twist met the Artful Dodger. In Barnet. It's not a real thing that happened, but... Yeah. <laughs> in the book, it's at, like outside the Red Lion pub, which kind of... I mean, now it's not a nice pub. I think it's like a harvester, but like not even worse yeah, than a harvester. Yeah, I'm not sure in Dick, a Dickensian novel it was a nice pub. <laughs> no, it's not hard. Dickens didn't write. They head to a harvester. <laughs> he did not write that. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Welcome back to Griefcast with Carrie Ad Lloyd. So were your two friends, how old were you when they died? Uh, <clears throat> Jordan was like 20, I was 22, and oh, Elliot, uh, this is two, two years ago. Oh, wow. 28, 28, yeah. And how did they die? Uh, Jordan, we did a show together, and then uh, I got a phone call in the morning. He got, he got hit by a cab whilst oh. being, uh, I think it was like 200 metres from his house. Oh, and he was God. on the phone to his girlfriend at the time as well, which oh, was just God. like... Just sucked, but that was that was my first like, you know, I had had a a great grandmother pass away before that, uh, and a great grandfather when I was really young. But that was the first in terms of like from a friendship group and from that kind of thing. And because like we did theatre sports at Sydney Uni together, and I was like the teacher and host kind of thing, and he was one one of the players at the time. And it was that thing of everyone was just didn't know what to do, and it's Mm -hmm. that thing of like I didn't know what to do, but in my head I was seen, I thought I was seen as that host figure like that kind of teacher that kind of thing so i think immediately uh you know i just went into this like we're going to be you know okay kind of stuff but the grief happened way later for me like years and years down the track because you had to be it's fine guys we're going to get through this yeah yeah. how did it manifest itself later i think i just couldn't understand why someone's so it's just like why someone's so talented i'm just so stupid and he was like he was the nicest kid it was like it didn't need to happen it didn't need to happen and then for me like it was was a good tool to use in terms of i was super lazy um as a before like you know i just oh i'll be fine and it was that thing of like anyone like anyone can go if that's someone that talented who i thought would just like blow up could go then i needed to get my shit together at least to give it a proper 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 go yeah i mean that's the the we talk about this so much in the show that and I, I try and use the term positive, but I don't know if it's the right term, but there is a positive side to mm. grief and death because it can, like you said, kick you up the arse or make you appreciate things and all of that. And it's not that you're like, oh, I'm glad they died for that reason. But we talk about that so much on the show, like I wouldn't be the person I am now if my dad hadn't died. So, and I'm happy now, 
sort of, most of the time. Um, so then I have to acknowledge, well, that experience changed and shaped me and I'm grateful for it. Mm. But obviously that doesn't, it's very hard, I think, when people maybe haven't lost people because mm. it sounds weird. It can sound like, as we say on the show, if you're not in the club, it can sound like, oh, you're, you, uh, like you wanted them to. You're like, no, it's not that. It's just, it's so shit mm. that if I can find anything from it, then that's helpful. Yeah, <laughs> just definitely. To, just to find one thing from it. Yeah, it's really tough. The one celebrity that really got me was David Bowie. Like, oh, yeah, bum the room out. That is everybody's. Like, I found that so unbelievably hard because I had done a very, not consciously, um, David Bowie in my head <laughs> became my dad. <laughs> in my head, I was like, it's okay, my dad said because actually I haven't told anyone but David Bowie is my dad. Yeah. I don't know if I've talked about this before. And um, I don't know why I did it. I just like, he was like similar age to my dad, a bit younger, um, but just kind of like my dad really liked David Bowie. And so in my head, I was like, once, and I, I remember thinking, as long as David's here, we're all right. <laughs> so you can imagine the horror. And um, yeah, it was really, yeah, I found that one, and Adam Buxton talks about it a lot. If you don't listen to his show, you're mad. Listen to Adam Buxton's podcast, it's amazing. But he talked about a lot that after his dad died, and then David Bowie died, I think about a year after his dad, it's like, you, you know, you attach to other people. And like you were saying about Amy Winehouse, Stevie, like you, or Alan Rickman, like you don't know them, but they mean so much. I think it's really interesting in like, like Stevie, how do you feel about social media when everyone's like, don't, how dare you say anything about them? You didn't know them. Because I, I found it, I sort of felt like that until David Bowie. And then I was like, I got a tweet. I got a tweet his video. It's like, I felt compelled. Yeah, I, I, feel, I feel like the same. I, I think it's so helpful when you see someone be like, this is like, take David Bowie, for example, being like this, oh God, I'm so sad that this has happened. And put, you know, like, here's my favorite song that all, once I met him and he was really great. And then you see people being like, oh, shut up. Yeah. Like, let them be sad. Like, why would you ever not let someone else be sad about something? I can, I can understand how it can be sometimes annoying um, or a bit like eye-rolly when, um, especially like uh, a friend of mine, one of, I, I didn't know the girl at all, but a, a, a friend of mine, died abroad and it was quite like a um, well publicised uh, she was murdered and it was really horrible and um, she was travelling and her boyfriend was killed as well and, it, and so um, my friend was like uh, trying to get people to donate and stuff like that and she said it, she found it hard because a lot of people just suddenly came out of the woodwork being like oh my god yeah like she was a real close friend to me and they were like you mm. literally didn't know her mm. you're using that as to, you, you're sort of jumping on the yeah, yeah. and I understand that that is very difficult especially if you are close to the person and you're like shut up you don't yeah. know what this feels like but with a very well-known person it feels like oh just be sad because a film can touch you a song can touch you and you can yeah. feel a connection with david bowie that you m may not feel a connection with people you actually know i feel like that about alan rickman <laughs> i mean uh, yeah um snape t really gets me yeah um but the yeah like just let people feel but i think it's sort of it's weird and it's it's often performers that everyone gets like I, I notice uppity about but that for me denies what a performer is the performer's job is to try and be like I'm only talking to you like that's how yeah. we feel with amazing performers you're like oh like Sophie's telling that joke to me <laughs> I'm special like that's our job is to try and communicate directly to people so obviously if you're doing and like 
the people we're talking about were incredibly talented and good at their job. So why wouldn't you feel like, oh, I, I do feel like I knew. I mean, when I hear David Barry songs, I feel like he's singing to me. And I know not everyone has that. <laughs> but I genuinely, perhaps that's how you feel about Snape, you felt like you were at Hogwarts with uh, not, not exactly. No. <laughs> um, but no, no, you know, the, the, those books have like a. a uh, I, I read them when I was, you know, like 11, 12, 13, 14 yeah, videos. They yeah. all came out, and I kind of grew up with those books. And so when some, obviously that's, the films are different, and so, but when J.K. Rowling, if J.K. Rowling goes, oh, we haven't even thought of that one. That will be else. a real. That will be a real sad time, and that'll be a yeah. real. But like with. People like those people, like Alan Rickman and, and Amy Winehouse, you can always go back and like listen to them. You can always go back and listen to the stuff that they left behind, and the, yeah. which is always like that's really helpful and nice. Yeah. How do you um, feel about that? I was I was going to say about um, Amy Winehouse dying. It was quite weird because she died. I don't know if anyone remembers, but it was at the same time as like a tragedy happened in Norway. That was when oh, yes. yeah. Yes, so they were yeah. about the same time, and so people were going online to talk about. Um, yeah, to talk about that and also to talk about Amy. And it was kind of, there were a lot of statuses being like, yeah, like essentially she's this just like trivial singer that takes drugs yeah, and yeah. stuff. And this is a real thing that has happened. And when anyone dies, there are real things that have happened that usually are more like weighty, important, serious than Ooh. someone that you know dying. And I think people feel a lot of, embarrassment about grieving for people that they yeah. don't know like when I went to um after David Bowie died I was at Dawson's Superstore and it was like I wasn't like the biggest David Bowie fan but it was so powerful it was so like so much that it meant for people but I think because there's so much that's horrible in the world and it's also like when people's deaths become symbolic but they weren't famous yeah, yeah. um how you grieve for them as well and like uh yeah I think that's this like stuff with like people are seen as more valuable because they're performers or they're famous and there's stuff like um, Grenfell, I feel like people like are still, like, and with that particularly, I feel like I'm grieving so much for people I didn't know but was yeah. in very close proximity to, like Khadija Sire. So it's it's kind of yeah weird how the deaths are presented to you as being more important, especially when they yeah, I think that's the problem. Simultaneously, like if you lost someone around the time of Grenfell, I can't imagine how that oh must feel. Oh, God, yeah, it must be but awful. Not in that, But not in that tragedy. Yeah. And I think sometimes you're right. It's like, I understand the point of being like, well, you know, if a celebrity dies, it should be as important as a non-celebrity person. But I don't think that's what anyone's ever saying. And I do think it comes from embarrassment of grief. I do think there's a certain, and there was a lot of articles at the time, especially with Amy Winehouse and David Bowie of like, well, I think about time we all got back our stiff upper lip, actually. I think this is a bit too much. And you're just like, I think it's an embarrassment of emotion when people are like, oh, I'm just, upset actually and I think there oh, yeah I don't know with with Grenfell obviously I don't think people there wasn't that criticism which thank god there wasn't that criticism because it was so obviously so so awful but like you said every life is a life and people should be allowed to express that I think that's hugely important well it's grief cast guys we went there <laughs> that's what happens um we're gonna have a so a question Q&A that's the sorry I panicked we're gonna have a Q&A so if you have a, a question you'd like to ask uh, you can now you might not have been to a Q&A before but let me explain it uh, you raise your hand you say your question and one of us answers it um, so does anyone have a question it can be on anything we talked about or your own personal question that you came with today anyone go on oh yes um, so the question is uh, if you have 
someone close to you who dies, what do you want to be said to you? So, like, I guess, yeah, what are you hoping? Um, this is a really interesting question. I did an event this week with a new, it's not a charity yet, but it will be called Let's Talk About Loss, which is an organisation for young people who've been uh, bereaved or are grieving. Um, they call young people 16 to 30, but I was allowed in, so you'll be fine, guys. Um, <laughs> And um, someone, someone was talking about that, and this was the difficult thing with grieving. The girl next to me, who I think is in her 20s, and has recently her mum died, was like, oh, never say I'm so sorry. Why do fucking people say I'm so sorry? And I was like, oh, I quite like, I quite like I'm so sorry. So I think the main thing is there isn't really a right answer. Um, we talked about it a lot in the, on the panel. We were all people who'd had significant griefs, I suppose. And, um, you know, she was like, please don't say sorry. I fucking hate it. It's not your fault. Whereas I was like, oh, sometimes I'm sorry is quite a nice placeholder <laughs> of like, what else are you going to say? And I think the biggest thing I think is to not, to be okay if you get it wrong. I think that's actually more helpful. How did you feel after you lost your friends? Was there anything that... I think it's just more actions. I, I find actions are, is it more important. Mm. Um, and but you know obviously everyone's everyone's completely different. So even even stuff like cooking for someone or going to their house and deli- you don't have to say anything. You can literally ring the doorbell, drop off some food, or drop off um, some some new clothes or fresh clothes, especially with people who are grieving in a hospital or like yeah. just that kind of stuff. Just doing the wash, like stuff that you are very active about. Uh, you, there's never a right. Like there's never yeah. you don't know what to say in terms of how people are going to react differently. But I think for for me personally, I've always felt both on the receiving and and, and giving it, like just being there in actions. And if they want, obviously more. To- oh, hi, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> it was David Bowie. It was David. <laughs> Noise in the background. Um, yeah, I really yeah. agree with that. I think, um, and I talk about this a lot in the show that like. When someone's had a baby, everyone's quite good at being like, get around there. And it's, I think it's very similar. Like any massive change in anyone's life, it's like food and just coming around and tidying up without asking can be, yeah, just like, when you just, like, you just turn around and the bins have been emptied. Oh, that's a joy. Like who did, who did the bins? And you're like, oh, you know, my friend came around and just emptied the bins. You're like, oh, oh, that's done. That's nice. I think, yeah, actions are a massive massive thing it's really hard as well because this is the thing you know i was at this event about grief and bereavement and four people said completely different things so i think it's like reading the person that you know trying you know you know them obviously that's why you want to say something to them i think if you don't know them i'm so sorry is a really great i'm i'm a fan of i'm so sorry if you don't know them i kind of felt like saying to this you know this younger person i was like well what the fuck else can you say as someone who's then been on the other side like, I had it the other day, someone surprised me with, surprised me, it was like, I wasn't doing a grief cast, and they said some, somebody very significant had died very recently, and I was like, oh, I'm so sorry, and I was like, ah, shit, is that, even, even me, <laughs> grief girl, <laughs> was like, oh, How, what, what have you gone for, guys, have you gone for anything in the past, have you just gone for I'm so sorry? Uh, what to say to someone? Yeah. I, I feel, um, like, similar to you, just in terms of, because I don't know, I know, I, sometimes don't know what to say. Yeah, it's and so hard. I think I once made, <coughs> once really made a mistake of, of not leaning into it because I was worried that I would do the wrong thing. Yes. And then that feels worse both for you and the person because they're like, cool, so you're like, not a nice friend. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, no, I obviously care, but 
and there's a lot of people um people talk to you like my friend would, would talk to me but like my friend and I don't know what to say and you're like and I don't know what to tell her what to say yeah. like whereas actually anything is nice yes because you're making yeah. the it's the gesture it's not the actual words because there isn't a magic I think people genuinely feel like oh the, there's like a magical phrase that will make them feel better yeah. nothing will make you feel better that you say well we say this all the time in the show it's like you can't make it worse true like the worst thing's happened like the person they love is like so you can't yeah. you're not going to make it worse like they're not going to go oh, and now you said that it's like they'll be like I felt shit and now I still feel shit and I think <laughs> it's fine like it's not going to change their baseline of shitness is shit yeah. so if you, and I think saying anything I was speaking to an end of life doula it's a thing and she what? was saying I think it was her she said it's like really interesting that when someone when you've lost someone it feels unbearable like it feels un, an unbearable pain and when your friend doesn't say anything what you without meaning to and they're not saying this what, you, what they're saying is yes your pain is unbearable and so unbearable I can't bear it so then you're like, oh, I'm really alone. No one will carry this with me. And she was like, the moment you say anything or you turn up or you just sit next to someone, what you're saying is, it, it is bearable because I'm in the room with you. So somewhere in your brain, you're like, oh, maybe it's going to be okay. Even if it's like 1%. But I thought that was quite a nice way of, and she said, you're literally carrying the pain for them. And I was like, <laughs> I made not a great metaphor, which is what I do. It's like, it's like a really heavy rucksack. <laughs> You know when someone carries it, even if they do it for like two roads, you're like, oh, that's quite nice. My, my shoulders feel a bit better, and now you have to get your bus, that's fine. <laughs> I'm looking at you because you have carried my bag, so you're very gentlemanly. And it did make a difference. Um, hopefully that vaguely answers. Uh, do we have another question? Come on, don't be shy, guys. I mean, this is the only time you're going to get to ask this question. Oh, yes, see? Yes, gentlemen here. If you could give your, pre, your pre-grieving self one piece of advice or a tip, what would it be? Um... Oh, God. <laughs> You'll do a podcast about it. <laughs> it will be useful creatively. No, I think... Don't start another one. Um, I think I would genuinely say, which I know it sounds, it sounds shit, which all these things do, because they're, like, they aren't, like you said, there aren't the words, but I think I would say it does get better. Because I think when you're really in it, like I think I spent... <laughs> I don't want to depress anyone. I'm 20 years in, so I can make these comments. I think the first five years, you know, like the first year, especially, like it gets slightly better, and then you have that dip again of like that another wave of grief. And you, I think you think, God, this is it for the rest of my life. Like I'm always going to feel like this. And it took me so long to realise that, you know, like like that everyone says it's like the first year, like every day you feel shit, and then the second year, like it's like every two days you might feel. You know what I mean? It goes up and down. And when I was on like another like, oh, I'm feeling terrible for six months and here's another shit six months. I, I genuinely, once I got past that, and obviously everyone's different, but I would have, I did have years where I'd only had like one blip and it was a, you know, I mean, I would also say I wasn't really dealing with it <laughs> that well. But um, it does, it, that, that complete pit of despair, I do think, I personally, my experience is that you do get out of it. It's not to say the grief goes away. It's not to say you never feel, you never go back to visit the pit. You definitely do visit the pit, but I feel like they're visits now, whereas I think I definitely like used to live in the pit. And then I lived, I moved like very near the pit. And then I was like, you know what, let's go, let's, why are we living near a pit? Let's move. <laughs> and I was like, we should visit the pit though. My metaphors, <laughs> honestly. Um, so yeah, that's the one thing I'd say. What would you say, anyone, thoughts about them? 
Yeah. Cool. A, for me, like, crying's awesome. Mm. Generally, I think uh, growing up and like especially with those two uh, two friends, especially Jordan, like as my first kind of proper grieving, I spent so much energy trying to not cry. Yeah. If that makes sense. Um, but when, once you let it out, you feel so so much better. Oh, so much better. Mm. And there's so much stuff about crying, like when you read the research of like the hormones it releases and like it literally makes you feel better. Like chemically it makes you feel better. When I read that, I was like, oh, bodies are amazing. <laughs> like imagine if there was a switch to clean your car and you were like, no, no, don't clean it. It's not the... <laughs> I, I won't feel like a man if I clean this car. <laughs> like you'd be like, switch it on, switch yeah. it on. Like if it literally makes you feel better. I mean, drinking makes us feel better. We do it all the time. <laughs> and there's no, sh well, there is some shame, depends on how much you're drinking. Um, yeah, any other thoughts? Don't have to be. Um, I was going to say, I think I'm quite, I, don't, I feel like I'm still in my pre-grieving mm. stage. I don't, I've not had anyone who's very close to me um, go, but what I'm quite good at doing is repressing stuff. <laughs> um, uh, and I've realised this, actually, talking about her, uh, one of my grandparents, the one that I thought I murdered. Um, and I was thinking while I was sitting here, I was like, why did I not remember that my other grandfather was dead? And I was like, oh, because it was very traumatic. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and I was the last person to see him alive. And so I think, and um, with other people in my family who I've lost in like particularly distressing um, circumstances, um, I tend to forget. Yeah, like, back that's to back. really common. Really I tend common. to like not, like I just don't think about. Because I was like, I was like, this is going to be fine for me. I don't, I haven't like had any sadness in my life. And then like sitting here, I'm just like, oh no, like all the stuff that's coming back up. Uh, so I would say to my pre-grieving self, um, possibly like that the chronology of it's going to be really weird. <laughs> uh, yeah. And at some point, I'm probably going to have to deal with it. But I think. I very rarely feel straight away. Yeah, yeah, and that's okay. Like there was an amazing episode with the Mac twins. So their dad like, you know, dropped dead of a heart attack. And one of the twins, I always get mixed up, Lisa, um, was like, Lisa can't remember the, the next year. And Alana was like, we did the funeral, we did this, we did this. And Lisa's like, I don't remember it. And that's, you know, great class. That's literally psychological experiment. It's so common to blank stuff out when it's traumatic because you're, that's how we survive. You know, your brain's like, this seems quite stressful. Probably put this in another box so we can carry on like eating and sleeping and living. So it's, it's so common. I think, yeah, again, I think it comes back to the thing of like, there's no right way to do it. And we're so hard on ourselves of like, oh, I shouldn't cry or I should be crying immediately. Or like, it took me 18 years to go, oh, maybe I'm... Maybe I should talk to someone about this. <laughs> um, no one's beaten that record yet, so no, actually they have. Who am I kidding? Um, there was another question. Yes, yeah, lady there. A good question. So have we ever received any quote or item that was um, from somebody who was very dear to us? Um, yeah. I yes, have. Dean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Elliot was my other friend. He passed away uh, two years ago, and he had a rare form of cancer. He was tw 21 uh, in his jaw. And um, I taught him since he was 15, then he finished high school, and then I got him to kind of start playing with us, the, bit, the big boys kind of thing. And um, the last time he performed, he literally came straight from chemo, but he was really, he was really, uh, he was like just embarrassed about the size of his jaw and how, how big it was. So he said like if, if he had one of those like flat caps and stuff like that, and then that night we all, we all wore hats and 
that was the last time we properly spoke and hung out because then he just deteriorated really quickly after that. But his friend Maddie and him apparently in hospital, they wrote the top 50 things that they'd like to do. And one of them, Maddie, uh, showed me at the funeral, which was Be Like Sting. Oh. And it just fucking crushed it just, it just crushed me. And then she asked if I wanted to have it. But uh, I said it was just too much because I wanted to keep it with like the pack as well, not to, not to feel that. But that was a thing that... Uh, I don't know, it just both made me feel like great, but yeah. also it, it hit me for six. That's amazing. Mm. What an amazing thing to have. Mm. But that's a lot as well. Oh, yeah. It's a lot to take. Like, it is, it's amazing, but it's also like, whoop. Yeah, and it was at the wake as well. I'm like, I already cried at the funeral. Stop making like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. What a beautiful thing. Yeah. Oh, I think we should just all just take a moment for that. That's yeah. fair enough. I'm trying to think if I've been... I definitely have stuff from my... Dad, <laughs> I have the shirt that he got married in. Oh. Actually, things on my mum's. Like, I mean, it's disgusting. It's disgusting. As in the colour? It is. They got married in the seventies, yeah. and it's an MC Escher bird. You know the bird print, or and it's or, each bird is orange, brown, and white, <laughs> and the collar is like as big as my awesome. neck. Yeah, that's the shirt. And I, I remember I went to um, this is the kind of gal I was. We had a 70s party at my like school disco and I wore this shirt because it was like perfect. Yeah. And I spent the whole night, people were like, oh my God, that shirt's so perfect. I was like, it's my dead dad. Um, <laughs> why was I not that popular at school? I don't know. Why were they so mean? <laughs> Straight. Yeah, but I've definitely, I kept like that because I just thought, God, that's just, it's, well, I mean, really, it's just too good a piece of clothing. Awesome. I don't know if it could be thrown away. I think it would just come back. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys got anything? Did you get any? My nana, who I was really close to, who died most recently, she died like a year, two years ago, and uh, I'm sort of similar to you in the sense that I don't, I, like, I didn't cry at any of the funeral. I mean, not that that's similar to you, but I mean, like, I repress. <laughs> um, you look like a girl who doesn't cry at funerals. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, uh, yeah, and I, that surprised me, because I cry at everything in life. Yeah. Like, I didn't want to go into the exhibition, because I was like, I'm sad at the moment. I'm not. I'm just, was worried I'd stop crying or something, and I don't know. Um, but for some reason, when that happens, I, I don't. And um, it will happen like two years down the line, I'll see something and then lose it. But um, I, my nana had a house just full of, now with the greatest, greatest respect to her, just tat. Like, <laughs> also sometimes quite expensive tat, like Ooh, a yeah. Swarovski crystal Mickey Mouse. Hideous, <laughs> like 500 pounds yeah. or something. And she didn't even really like Disney that much. So she just, and she'd always collect everything in one go. So there was no fun involved. It was like, oh, yeah. oh I saw these lovely little collectible houses. So I bought 12 of them. It, that's the entire set now. You're like, well, where's the fun? Where is the fun? Um, <laughs> but so when she was, qu she was uh, quite old and she had to like sell loads of her stuff, She's quite sad because she loved her stuff. Um, and then she moved into like a little tiny kind of room um, attached to um, her daughter, my auntie's house. And so she had to downsize quite a lot. And she didn't have any of her fun, her fun shit <laughs> there anymore. It was all like functional things. And I went to Salzburg and I saw, and she's, I saw these like little wooden um, Mozarts that when you go like that, they bounce up and down like that. Oh, lovely. And she wasn't even interested in Mozart, but I was like, I have a feeling that it's not going to matter. <laughs> she needs some tat in her life. So I bought it for her and it was the last sort of, around the last time that I kind of saw her. 
And so the funeral happened and everything. And then uh, six months later, my mum was like, um, Nana would have wanted you to have this. And I just, I cried for like four days. Like, and I've got it in my house now, like a little thing. And whenever I look at it, it makes me feel happy, but very, very sad. Because you're just like, I don't know, it was, it was such a stupid thing to buy somebody. Oh, really expensive. Nice. <laughs> really yeah, anything Mozart, they do bump up the prices. They know yes. what they're doing. Yes, they do. They know yes. what they're doing. That's lovely. That's so nice. Do you have to explain it ever though? People are like, wow, you love Mozart. I, yeah, yeah, it's my dad and I was, no, um, no, no one really asks because actually I have quite a lot of time. <laughs> um, I'm very much related to, to my nana. So. That's lovely. That's really nice. They're actually, this one in like grief counseling, they're called transitional objects. Oh. I know. A counselor was trying to explain it to me and I was like, I kept using this word trans, I was really confused. And then I was like, oh, you mean like shit that you hold on to? <laughs> she was like, yes, it's a transitional object and it helps you grieve. And I was like, why do you just say stuff you hold on to? But yeah, it's uh, they often with kids, that's what they like try and find an object so you can like, that can help you feel like they're there or they're with you. But yeah, I think it's so normal not to cry at the right time. Like, and all you get, I hear this a lot from listeners, like they didn't cry at the funeral and then like, a cat dies or like their neighbor's friend's dog dies and they're like oh my god the dog the dog because it's like your body's like oh that's a safe way to grieve it's so yeah it's so common to your brain just to go mm, i'm not sure i can process that so i'm gonna just put it over here my dad had that was his dad died and he he cried but you know but then he went his best friend's dad died who he didn't really know that yeah. well and all of the brothers weren't crying at the funeral they just looked sad and dad was just gone and he was like it was just embarrassing like they were coming over and going are you all right bro He's like, oh god! Like, and that must have been a transference. I, I've like, heard that story so many times. Really? Where they're like, oh, at the, that the my funeral, I didn't do that. But when I went to my friend's so and so, which matches my grief, I lost my shit. Mm. And I, I've been, I like, I've been at, like other funerals. I don't think I cried that much at my dad's, but I definitely have been at other funerals. Where I'm like, oh, this is a little close to home. And then you just lose your shit. But it's like a safe space, and also like no one's looking at you. Mm. Like the day of your something's funeral everyone's looking at you and everyone's like are they okay are they okay so you do end up putting on a bit of a face because you're like i guess i should be fine everyone's checking if i'm fine you don't you don't want to let them down you don't want to be or have them worry about you it's that instant human reaction of like okay yeah so that's so common so it's it's we're all yeah we're all nodding um i had some good last words i thought we'd end on some last words um this is good for us, right? Apparently, this is Beethoven's last words. He said... <laughs> what? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. That's better than what's written. <laughs> that's very good. He's won awards, guys. He's won awards. He said, um, friends applaud, the comedy is finished. <laughs> I mean, imagine if we could take that, we could take that. Sophie, you could take that. You could be like, that. press play on the clap track oh, now. Yeah. <laughs> now. Oh, that, yeah. That's so That's self-aware, awesome. though, isn't it? <laughs> I know. And I obviously, the thing, we talk about last words on the live episodes all the time. And like, I mean, really? Because everyone I've seen die has been like, eh. Like, <laughs> there's not much. They're not saying anything. Oh, and it's amazing how people from the past are so eloquent. <laughs> <laughs> the ones I've seen are literally, it's a death rattle. They can't move. Like, they're, they're dying. There's nothing happening there. So... Perhaps this was a, you know, before it kicked in. <laughs> Unless something, no, anyway. <laughs> Winston Churchill apparently said, I'm bored with it all. All right, mate. Oh. <laughs> Arrogant. <laughs> he's a bit rude. I'm bored with it all. I mean, he was quite a sort of, you know, 
blustering that. No, I found that annoying. Am I the only uh, one? Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a fan of children. No, yeah. <laughs> he's a problematic man, isn't he? He's problematic. Uh, well, that, even in his last words, Sophie, yeah. he was problematic. Um, oh, this was good. Joseph Wright, who is the man who edited the English dialect dictionary. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not the main one, but apparently his last word, his last word was dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> Being like Edinburgh, oh god, comedy, <laughs> no, no podcast. <laughs> Why would that? That's really got me. But then that seems more believable because that probably, if you really wanted to say last words, the probably like, dictionary. You say your job as your last <laughs> word. That's so like depressing. I know it, it is a bit depressing, isn't it? Like if that's, that's all he had. At the end of it, all you want to say is dictionary. dictionary. <laughs> Unless it was, an, unless it was an, uh, an acronym. Oh, oh well, exactly. Steen's made a mystery. Like, telling you where the buried treasure is. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, because what they don't tell you is what did they ask? Because mm. did someone say to Beethoven, oh, what was your job? <laughs> well, yeah, 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 to <laughs> Joseph Wright, what was your job? Dictionary. <laughs> his last words were dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> if he died with his enemy in a lift oh man but the enemy survived and he'd be like guess what Steen's last words were oh. <laughs> improviser oh fuck yeah that suck yes and only for the only for the improvisers thank you so much it's been so lovely to have you all here to talk about death surprisingly cheery um, please give a huge round of applause to Stevie Martin Sophie Duca and Steen Raskopoulos Thank you. Um, thank you so much for coming. It's so, so appreciated. If you don't listen to the podcast already, imagine what it's like when it's one-on-one and it's really intense. There are other live episodes. Um, yeah, you can listen to it on Acast or download it on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast app from. You know, rate and review, guys. We don't just say it for fun. <laughs> Every podcast asks you to do it. Do you do it? Are you being a good podcast audience? <laughs> <laughs> If you are, why do I have to keep saying it? That's what I feel like. Because I was like, yeah, yeah, they all say it. That's what I feel. Stevie does a, a basis. Well, do you I've say stopped it? saying oh, it now. Oh, have you? That's no, that's so bad. You're supposed to say it. But also, you probably, someone said to say it at the front because p- people when yeah, the moment you start going, hey, guys, so listen, they're like, no, turn it off because it's the boring stuff. I know, they just skip 30 seconds. We all yeah. know you do it. We all know you do it. Please don't just turn down the volume so that you listen to the advert, which I know is annoying, but pays for the podcast. <laughs> That's how I'm going to end it on a sales pitch. <laughs> <laughs> and please give yourselves a round of applause for being a wonderful audience. And carry on. If you enjoyed our guests, you can follow them on Twitter. Steen is at, I'm just looking for it, guys, at Steen Rasco. Stevie is at, at 5 Stevie M. And Sophie is at Sophie Dukebox. But if you type their names into Twitter, you should be able to find it. If you have enjoyed the show, please do rate and review and subscribe as ever. It really genuinely helps me to continue to make the podcast. And thank you for listening. What else do I have to say? Oh, yeah. You can follow us on Twitter at The Griefcast or on Instagram at The Griefcast. You can email thegriefcast at gmail.com as well. Music was provided by the Glow Ensemble and the show was edited by Kate Holland with thanks to Whistledown Studios. And remember, you are not alone. <laughs>